There is, and there's just a ton of resort on here as well. So this is my This is where I lived. That was really all thing. And uh, this area here is, is the hospital where I worked. You could walk around the entire island in about uh, four minutes. Oh my god. Uh, this is the hospital. And this is where I worked. A very modern place. It had air conditioning, which is nice when uh, the temperature is about 32 degrees day or night. Um, unfortunately, the work I was brought in to do, I was uh, brought in to work on the database for entering patient information, but I couldn't really help out uh, because I couldn't get access to their, uh, their source code. And it's part of the whole DSO CUSO thing of being adaptable and flexible. So I ended up training uh, the nurses library and just doing uh, general IT support. So, Is that you? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the Indians aren't a very, uh, I'm not very tall. Yeah. <laughs> uh, very, very friendly people. Um, and the, at, this, at this time, the Maldives were, was on this kind of benevolent dictatorship because President Kelly I tried to learn Becky, which is the local language, but it was it's a very, very complicated language. Um, this is just things to do around the Maldives, Aramale. There is one uh, bar. It's a Sunni Muslim country, so the airport bar is the only place you can go for a drink. There was a pool. Plenty of scuba diving. It had some of the best dives in the world. And uh, there was also night fishing. And I think uh, you probably you'll learn this if you do any sort of country training. It takes about four to six months before people you actually figure out, you know, the people you're working with and they figure you out. So it took about four months before I got invited to any sort of social event with my coworkers. And so this is me on my first time of night fishing. And then me with all my coworkers while I'm like pictures taking pictures. And uh, another thing I did, things, just things to do, you go out to the remote island, so I visited a bunch of uh, the other volunteers there who were out uh, away from the capital island. And this was actually one of the, the best trips I had. I went out to visit them, and then I took a ride back from the land on those going boats. And uh, it's about an eight-hour boat ride, and it, it leaves at midnight, so I slept on top under the stars in the middle of the Indian Ocean. Wow. <laughs> And my next stint was uh, in Nepal. So if I have any questions, how long was that first stint? I was there for six months, and uh, like I said, it didn't really work out. I, it, it, I had an opportunity to extend. And I was I regret not extending. I was in Nepal for a year. I was doing IT support for um, the, this was governance for a bunch of. Uh, different disability organizations. These are just some pictures. Uh, Nepal is a beautiful, beautiful country. Uh, it's 80% um, Hindu and 10% uh, Buddhist. And uh, it's just uh, an amazing place. It's also uh, it's chaotic.
this is traffic in Kathmandu. It's about uh, equal parts, motorbikes, bikes, and cars. Uh, the only thing that is actually missing from this picture are the cows. <laughs> generally, the, you'll have cows that are just water and traffic, and people just drive around. So, this is my bike. This is how I got around in Kathmandu. That's it loaded down. And uh, this is the first of the organizations I worked with. Uh, this is an NFDN. I worked with uh, three different organizations, and I bike drafted at each one uh, during the week. Uh, and there's kind of a good, an interesting mix of, of the types of organizations you will end up working with. Because uh, NFDN was the kind of the, the main network of all the disability organizations in Nepal, and uh, they were hopelessly corrupt. They, they, for five years long, they had been having budgetary we've been raising questions and, and uh, you know, they weren't giving us good answers. But we had to work with them because they were the network. So we had to stay on good terms with them in order to get access to all the other organizations. Uh, this is the president and vice president. They're both blind. Uh, this was NAPD, which was the other organization, one of the other organizations I worked with. Um, NAPD was a great organization. The, they were really keen, but they just weren't ready for an IT volunteer. They had one computer, and it ran Windows 98. And uh, I spent a lot of time just sitting in the office reading. But uh, I, I mean, I, I remember one of the people I met there, he was an artist. He did all the posters for them. And uh, he was, uh, I think he was paralyzed with polio. And uh, they made a wheelchair. So he would pull himself to work on a cart. He had a cart and call himself to work pull himself up the stairs and haul himself into a chair and he had these big calluses on his hands. And then he'd just get to work. I mean, he was an artist. He used his hands for, and, uh, for transportation and for making posters. Hmm. And he was just such a positive guy. Uh, this is DHRC. This, this is really the organization that was ready for a of volunteer. Um, these guys worked right there. I mean, it's all about raising awareness about people with disability. And, uh, uh, yeah, just... Uh, Getting, getting the word out there. But, uh, there's, a, there's a strange thing about people with disabilities. You're born with a disability in Nepal because of Dharma and Hinduism. It's, it's kind of assumed in, in a lot of places because you did something wrong in the previous life. You did something like that. And so a lot of the education is just trying to you know, break free from that kind of statement. So this is Sushila working on a computer. Uh, that's me. <laughs> it's kind of sad. But, uh, yeah, These are all the volunteers that were part of my cycle because uh, with VSO, at least they send you in uh, once every six months. But a big, big group of people come in the spring, a big group of people group will come in in the fall. And uh, so it's kind of nice because you arrive and you do your in country training, which was inside of three weeks or six weeks. And you have a group of friends. Like, here you go, here's everybody. You know, you socialize with if you want to talk to Westerners, whether you want to get on, whether you get along with them or not. This is my girlfriend, Kira. We actually met in Nepal. She's uh, an Irish volunteer. Uh, we, so this is one of those life-changing things. <laughs> we met, she came in on the second second, so after six months that I'd been there, and then we had gone on our first date, and then uh, the Maoists 
this is absolute chaos normally. But uh, this was during one of the, what they call the traffic jams, so they just shut down all traffic coming into Kathmandu. And it was just eerie to, uh, I would walk to work, and it's just dead quiet. Like, there's no cars, I mean, every, normally everybody's honking, and, you know, having a good time driving, or avoiding getting run over. <laughs> this is the day uh, the king sat down. Oh my gosh. So, uh, and the taxi drove off right away because they had this thing in the hall where they didn't mention bus drivers for, for hitting people. So the taxi driver just drove off. And I was up there in the middle of a riot. Well, no, just general protest. <laughs> um, with a broken bike. And uh, a bunch of Nepalis came over and my father was good enough that you know, I could understand that they were going to take me to a place to get it fixed up and do all that. And so uh, we went to this little shop, and, and I just gathered a crowd, and everyone was like, you know, learned about what happened to the bike. The guy, this one guy, used to sit up holding my hand because that's what you do to show friendship with the boss. So we stand there holding this guy's hand while they break one bike and then put it back together. And then uh, the guy hopped on my bike and biked away. <laughs> and at this time, uh, I got a phone call on my cell phone from the country director, Tracy, and she's saying, I just want you to know that there's riots going on. <laughs> so we're advising everyone to stay inside. And I'll go to That's great. I'm safe and sound at home. <laughs> Everything will be fine. Because I didn't want to tell her I'd already been out and we've gotten in trouble. But uh, the guy eventually came back because he had to, they broke it and had to weld some pieces onto it. And, uh, <laughs> uh, this is the, the tsunami in the Maldives. I was working in uh, the hospital, in the office, on Boxing Day. One of my coworkers 
and said, what are you doing? Come outside, the island's sinking. And uh, <laughs> so I came out, and of course, the, the entire island had flooded. Um, it wasn't so bad in the main island. It was just, it was the water went up for about eight hours or so. And uh, I mean, a lot of the really serious stuff happened in the outlying islands where they didn't have that kind of protection. Uh, 128 people died, I think. And before, long before uh, any of the international aid showed up, it was really amazing to see the people in Mali, in the, in the capital city, donating so much. Thank you.